Again, the writings of Rabash, the article, what is the assistance that he who comes to purify receives in the work? The Zohar asks, why is it written, come unto Pharaoh? It should have said, go unto Pharaoh. What is, come. Moses was afraid of him. When the Creator saw that Moses was afraid of him, the Creator said, Behold, I am against you, Pharaoh, king of Egypt. The Creator and none other had to wage war against him. As you say, I, the Lord, which they explained, I and not another. This means that the answer to why it is written, come, is because Moses could not defeat Pharaoh, king of Egypt, by himself, but the Creator waged war against him. In that case, why did he say to Moses, come? If Moses could not defeat him, but only the Creator. How does Moses help in this? And why is it, is it written, come unto Pharaoh? We should also understand the words, come unto Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart, so that I may set these tokens of mine within him. All the interpreters ask, why, after the first five plagues, the Creator took from Pharaoh the choice. And if the Creator took from him the choice, why is it Pharaoh's fault that he did not obey the Creator? The answer to this, says the writing, is, for I have hardened his heart. And why did I harden his heart? It is not because he is at fault, but for another reason. As it is written, so that I may set these signs of mine within him. Because the Creator wanted to show, to set his signs. Hence, he took from him the choice. So he will suffer plagues. This is difficult to understand. Thus, the Creator created the world in order to, good, to do good to his creations, for the created beings to receive only good. Can it be said that because he wants to show his signs, he hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would have an excuse to give the signs? It seems like one who benefits from his friend's downfall. The Creator wants to give them. Therefore, when engaging in Torah and Mitzvot, they still do not feel the delight and pleasure clothed in Torah and Mitzvot. This is why it is considered work.
since the importance of the king is not yet revealed, that it is worthwhile to serve him because of his importance and greatness. This is regarded as the Shekhinah being in exile in each and every one. If there is no importance, it is considered that the Shekhinah is in the dust, meaning that there is no flavor in this whatsoever. Through the sin of the tree of knowledge, our sages said that the serpent came to Eve and cast filth within her. Al-Sulam interpreted that the serpent, which is the evil inclination, cast filth in her, meaning that it let her understand filth, this what? That is, the serpent cast a flaw in Malchut, who is called Eve, and said, this what? That you are working for the kingdom of heaven. It turns out that, as a result, we must work before we obtain the vessels of bestowal. Where, through the vessels of bestowal, we can receive the delight and pleasure that the Creator wanted to give to the created beings. It follows that when we say that there is work in observing Torah and Mitzvot, it does not mean that observing the Torah and Mitzvot is work, but that the work is while observing Torah and Mitzvot before we can direct them in order to bestow. Then, there is work. Since we are placed under the rule of the evil and the serpent, as we said, that the serpent cast filth and blemished. For this reason, we are under the rule of the will to receive for ourselves, at which time the delight and pleasure in Torah and Mitzvot is not revealed. And this is all the work to obtain vessels of bestowal. For only through vessels of bestowal are the restriction and concealment that were placed on Torah and Mitzvot removed. That the delight and pleasure are not revealed in vessels of reception. Hence, at that time, we are given the Torah mitzvot to observe as advice and a remedy. That is, we must aim while observing Torah and mitzvot, while we still cannot aim that they will be in order to bestow, that these 613 mitzvot that one observes will bring him the ability to achieve lishma for her sake. In the words of our sages, this advice is called lolishma not for her sake, meaning that by observing Lolishma, he will come to Lishma because the light in it reforms him. This follows that when a person sees that he cannot do everything in order to bestow, what should he do so as to become a giver? 
Our sages advised us that he should learn meaning in order to receive. This is the only advice by which he will achieve there is no other advice. In the words of the Zohar, this is called 613.18, meaning 613 councils. By this, we will understand what we asked. If the purpose of creation is to do good to his creations, from where does the work in Torah mitzvot come to us? The answer is, that in order not to have shame, the concealment and restriction were made. It follows that the delight and pleasure are not revealed in vessels of reception. Hence, there is work. Because we must work against our nature. Because we were born with a desire to receive for our own sake. By making the restriction, we must work on what is most important. Meaning, we must work on going above reason. And one must believe that there is a leader to the world who watches over the world as the good who does good. These two things cause men labor and work, and this requires great overcoming in order for men not to run away from the campaign in the middle of the work. This is so because when a person does something, he must see progress in the matter. If he sees no progress, he says that this is not for him, since he sees that he is not succeeding. This causes him to want to escape the campaign he is in. But the truth is that there are two kinds of assistance from above, that without help from above, we cannot attain it. One, the vessel, meaning the lack. That is, the lack to know what is the real lack, so as to know what to ask for help from above. In other words, often a person is lacking something for which he becomes sick. The doctors give him medicines, but it does not help him because he is not sick with what the doctors think he is. It turns out that he comes to a doctor who prescribes him a medicine, but the medicine does not help him. And all the doctors have already discouraged him that he may stay with the illness for the rest of his life. But finally, a professor comes along and says that he 
is sick and tormented because there is a substance deficient in his body and this is why they cannot cure him. While he says that he is suffering from something that causes him the illness and the suffering. Therefore, I will give him a cure according to the substance that I think is deficient in his body and he will be well right away. Afterwards, they saw that this person was completely healed. It follows that first one must know what he's missing so he can observe Torah and Mitzvot. The person might think of many things and for each thing he receives a medicine but it does not help him because the reason why he cannot walk on the path of truth is not what a person thinks. It follows that he prays to the Creator to help him, meaning to give him a feeling for what he thinks, but what he thinks is not the truth. Hence, the person is not healed from the control of the evil inclination. For this reason, first, a person receives assistance from above so as to know what is the illness from which he's suffering. That is, he thinks that he's deficient of something quantitative, meaning he needs more time to learn, and more brains, talent, etc. And this is what he prays for the, the Creator to help him. However, in truth, the person is deficient in quality, meaning to know that the main lack within him is that he has no importance to feel that there is upper guidance. In other words, he lacks faith that the Creator leads the world in a manner of the good who does good. If he could truly feel this, he would rejoice that he is receiving from the Creator delight and pleasure. And he would not want to part from the Creator for one moment, because he would know what he loses by turning his thought to other things. Whereas, if he does not think that this is what he's lacking, but that he's lacking other things, which are not so important in the work, therefore, the first assistance that a person receives from above is to know what is his evil his main obstructor, of which he cannot be a true servant of the Creator. This help must come first. And afterward, it is possible to make corrections, to correct them. That is, the person must come to a state where he knows that he needs only two main things, which are mind and heart. That is, 
That is all he must strive to obtain. Hence, the first assistance that a person receives from above is this lack. However, this cannot be revealed in him at once, but gradually, according to his work. And he exerts in the work to achieve the truth. To that extent, he receives assistance from above. Once he has obtained the true vessel, meaning the true lack that he needs, Then is the time when he receives the true feeling that is suitable for the vessel. It therefore follows that a person receives from above both the light and the vessel, meaning the need called lack. In other words, what he lacks hurts him. Yet, not everything that one does not have is considered a lack. Diploma regrets it. Rather, as said above, not everything that one does not have is considered a lack. Lack is everything that a person wants but does not have. This is called a lack. For this reason, when we want to measure the magnitude of the desire, we measure it according to the suffering one feels at not having what he hears for. It therefore follows that the first assistance that the upper one gives to the lower one is the knowledge of what he should obtain. The suffering from not having obtained it is regarded as the upper one giving the lower one the vessel. The lower one already has a true need The upper one gives him the second assistance, namely the light and the filling of the lack. By this, we will understand what we ask. If the Creator knew that Moses could not fight and defeat Pharaoh, king of Egypt, by himself, but rather the Creator Himself, as it is written, I am not a messenger, why did He say to him, come unto Pharaoh? This implies that together with Moses, the Creator can help. But the Creator said, I am not a messenger. So, how does Moses help us here? Why is it written, come unto Pharaoh? It means that a person must begin to walk on the path of the Creator and achieve the truth. Meaning, to be rewarded with adhesion with the Creator. Then if he advances in the walk, the person receives the first assistance, meaning the feeling of the lack. know what is lacking. 
Subsequently, he grasps that he is lacking only two main things, mind and heart. And along with it, he receives suffering at not having them. In other words, he feels the need for this. At that time, if the person does not work by himself, it cannot be said that he is suffering from not having it. Only the need for something, if one labored to obtain something, can it be said that he has a need for it to the point that he is suffering from not having it. This is why it is written, Come unto Pharaoh. It indicates two things. One, the person himself should exert, such as the allegory about the doctor who labored many years to study medicine, and finally failed and did not get the doctor's diploma. Then it can be said that he is suffering from not having what he wants. But if he did not exert, it cannot be said that he is suffering from not achieving what he wants. Since the labor one puts into something awakens the desire, so he will not escape the campaign, because he is sorry about all the efforts he had put into the matter. And he always thinks, perhaps I will finally obtain what I want. It follows that by working, even though he cannot obtain it, the labor he exerts each time invokes the yearning for the matter. It follows that there are two forces here. One, man's power, who must toil, not in order to obtain the matter, but in order to have a strong desire to obtain the matter. It follows that man's work is required in order to obtain the need for the Creator's help. This is called a complete desire. In other words, it is not that man's work causes the obtainment of the matter, but rather the obtainment of the lack and need for the matter and in order to know what he lacks. For this, he receives help from above by seeing each time that he is more deficient and cannot emerge from under the governance of Pharaoh. This assistance is called for I have hardened his heart. It follows that the hardening of the heart is required in order to have a true need for the true thing. Two, at the same time, we must have the Creator's help to give the light. As it is written, I am not a messenger. This means that since by nature, the will to receive for oneself, called 
an old and foolish king governs the person and man's ability to change nature is only in the hands of the Creator, meaning that He made nature and He can change it. This is called the Exodus from Egypt, which was a miracle. This is why it is written, come, meaning both of them together. As we say, come together. Likewise with the Creator and Moses. Now we can understand what we asked. Why is it written, for I have hardened his heart, so that I may set these signs of mine within him? We said that it seems as one who benefits from his friend's downfall, that is, the Creator made him wicked, so he would show his signs. According to the above, the meaning of to set these signs of mine refers to the light. For the light is called letters. It follows that he made him wicked, meaning deficient, so he would have a complete vessel to receive the light. This means that the letters or signs are not for the sake of the Creator, but for the sake of the created being. By this, we will also understand what we asked, what is, and a new king arose, since he is an old king. The answer is that each time his decrees are renewed. That is, each time the evil inclination is made anew. Because I have hardened his heart. It follows that anyone whose desire is greater, his inclination is greater than him. Before it's possible to make corrections, we have to reach a state where one would know that he only lacks two main things, which are mind and heart. What are these two things on our path? Well, mind and heart. It's two sources of deficiency, mind and heart. But these are discernments that we have to reach. I don't manage to understand what is this mind and this heart, which are the two main things that a person must uh, lack. Man has no more than mind and heart, that's clear. So to awaken a deficiency in both the mind and heart, is essentially a complete action from above. And we are asking. We ask to know exactly what's the deficiency that awakens in our mind and what's the deficiency that awakens in the heart. 
some kind of a particular deficiency or is it built over time with thoughts and feelings and uh, thoughts, different deficiencies in the mind it's a it's a deficiency of the mind it wants knowing and in the heart it's a deficiency of feeling He writes that first, the person should know what is missing. This is really the first assistance that he receives the knowledge of what is missing. And he writes that the assistance is to know what is the illness. And it's not what the person thinks. So, when the help comes, when the assistance comes, the person realizes this is assistance from above. It's clear to him what his assistance is. You feel and then you'll understand. Okay, so how do we not get confused with what I think the assistance is? And maybe it's to my detriment, like this child who wants to, uh, he wants a pin to put in his eye. We have this example. Right, that's right. But here... You're not told that you're already getting something. You work in mind and heart, meaning knowing and understanding and feeling that ultimately leads you to a solution where you start asking correctly. Rabbi, if we can uh, explain it more, the fact that one understands intellectually that he has to work in faith about reason, it's not that, that he feels this work. Maybe it's a first step where we understand that everything that is in my intellect, in my understanding, it's not even in the right direction. Any, any feeling that I want for myself, for sure it's not in the right direction. This is like a first perception? Yes. Okay, thanks. The deficiency towards bestowal, is it enough? Or I should always have the Creator before my eyes? Deficiency for bestowal is the main deficiency. Let's say we, we learn that the true work is in the ten. We have to absorb the deficiencies of the friends and to want to bestow to them. So the question is if any deficiency that is in a friend that he reveals and he asks for it in this life, also the corporeal life, seemingly, at least, I truly need to want it to be like my deficiency and ask the Creator for it. This is the true work. No. What is the true work in bestowal? What is the true deficiency in bestowal? The person who wants to get closer to the Creator and asks for assistance then bit by bit through different degrees of assistance he begins to understand what's going on so we need to simply make more and more efforts in bestowal and then we understand yes that's clear He writes that a person who should exert, a person should exert 
not in order to uh, attain, but in order to have a strong desire to obtain the matter and the need for the Creator to help him. Many times we discover a deficiency, a need, and automatically we want to fill it in a way that we understand. Until we reach this state where we truly feel that the Creator can help us, it can take a lot of time. First of all, why does it work this way? So that you need a society. That if in the society you want to detect why you get this and that and this kind of uh, deficiencies, then you're moving towards getting close to each other to scrutinize the true main deficiency. So in the society there's a power, there's an ability that when a deficiency awakens and we feel it together that it has the ability to reach the true deficiency that the Creator will help us? And an, yes. an, an individual doesn't have this ability? No. And if in the society, now in our ten, we are focusing very strongly on, on coming to the morning lesson, for the friends to be in a morning lesson, we invest in this in the Zoom meetings, we talk about it, and we feel the difference very quickly. So the question is, the moment that you work in the society in this way, the time between the deficiency that is revealed to us in the ten and the Creator helping us, it gets shorter and shorter as we work on it? Yes. Thanks. Yes, you. Rabash says that what a person truly lacks, well, he thinks it's in quantity, but in truth, what the person lacks is in quality. Then he says that the true deficiency is that he lacks the faith that the Creator leads the world in a manner of the good who does good. This is really what a person should lack, reach that. To discover that. Now, to discover that the Creator leads the world in a manner of the good who does good, it's really a change in my perception of reality. Right? It's an internal change. And he says that in order to reach that, we need two things, mind and heart. What are the mind of the faith that the Creator leads the world in a manner of the good who does good? And what is the heart? Well, maybe the heart is a feeling, but what is the mind of that? What is the first stage? Actually, the revelation that the Creator drives everything. This is called mind. And that is good and does good in all his actions. That's the heart. So can we say that there is none else besides him is the mind and good and doing good is the heart? Is that what you said now? Let's say. On the way, all kinds of responses, that's already a reward. When we say that the work is the reward, what does that mean? That man doesn't want more than 
just being in actions where he always discovers the actions of the Creator and sees these actions as a reward. What responses does a person receive on the path which are considered as reward? That it comes from the Creator and by that there's contact between man and the Creator. That's it. Yes, Yaakov. So long as the created beings do not reach the obtainment of the vessels of bestow, they will not receive or feel the pleasure that the Creator wanted to give them. Yes. You once gave us an example of a cat that you're playing classical music next to it or something like that, just goes by him. By it. What distinguishes between a friend around which there are great friends, there is a great Rav, the sources, great things, versus a friend that he just passes by him? And what should the friend do in order to feel the greatness? of the things that he was given, the things that are really around him. If he is not allowed from above to relate correctly to these things, then he won't. But if he's allowed somewhat, then he needs to pay attention to it and long to connect to it. I felt that, like you said, this is a point where if you're not given it, you're not given it. And you're like this cat. But the moment that you were given the beginning of it, you said now to pay attention. Pay attention to what? In order to increase what you were given. Exactly, to, to increase. But what do you mean by attention? To increase the connection that you now want to exactly aim your heart like a radar. You're searching for what else and in what directions the Creator wants to relate to you. And this greatness, how do I see it? How do I hear it? How do I see the greatness with which the Creator is relating to me? You receive it and feel that this is the Creator's address to you, and then you each time work uh, in a more directed way towards him. What is the role of the friends in order to help the friend and get his attention so that he can see the greatness? What is the role of the friends here? I want my friend to hear more, feel more. What should I do? You first want it to be so. And by that, you bring the friend closer to the Creator. You pray to the Creator that he will pay attention to your friends. And that's how you build connection. Shai said before that now we are really in a pray, focused on a prayer to reach the morning lesson. So, how do I help my friends reach the morning lesson? Have this attention, so it will awaken in them. 
with prayer and raising importance. Ja, guten Morgen. Der Mensch muss lernen, welcher Mangel, also der Mangel zu geben, der wahre ist. Wie können wir im Herz spüren und im Verstand? One has to learn what is his true deficiency for bestowal. How can we feel in the mind and heart what are, what are the true deficiencies when our thoughts always distract us from the path of truth, from the true deficiency? And what can we do about it? true deficiency is not what it seems to us, but rather what is uh, revealed in truth during our work on the degrees. I don't know what I can say. Our true deficiency is for adhesion with the Creator, but it becomes revealed not immediately, but rather at the end of the degrees. Moscow. Moscow. Is any deficiency uh, can, can be corrected and what are the ways to correct? Yes, any deficiency can be corrected. Possibly it's not by us, but through our prayers and requests. But in principle, we have to correct all the deficiencies. Africa. Hello, Rav, and World Klee. It says that the assistance comes from the Creator. How to not miss it? Well, he should be in a ten. Because the assistance is mostly revealed in the ten, and then you won't miss out on it. Moscow six. Moscow six. Thank you, Rob. Following that, what will help us not leave the Creator even for a moment? If all of you think about it, women bear Sheva 10. Good morning, dear Rob. It says, men. Even though he cannot attain something, it awakens the deficiency. And what can a person do if it doesn't awaken him, even though he exerts and he just feels hanging in thin air? 
I don't know, but in, in whatever he's mistaken. How can one know? Mostly it's through the correct connection with the friends. Croatia. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Rav. Uh, <clears throat> how can we check on every step if we are moving toward the true Hisaron? Only according to your connection with the friends. We have no other way. What exactly in this uh, connection with the friends uh, says to me that I'm on the right path toward the right Hisaron? that you connect with the friends more and more and you discover the Creator in this connection, specifically in this connection, more and more. Um, what does it mean to have um, labor in observing the Torah and mitzvot and that, it, and that it's a sign you are not working for me. So what does labor mean then? The labor is in that I want to connect with you and organize myself so that I get closer to you with all my strength and more and more to the other friends. This is the right labor. And what does it mean then, Ralph, that, uh, you are, uh, that it says here in the article, you are not working for me if you're doing labor? So what does the, so the labor add? No, no, no. If you are truly laboring, then you are not intending for me. This is what the Creator says to us. That the connection with him, labor is irrelevant. If you are already connected with him, because then you receive from him all of the energy and the, and the strength and everything. Woman Mark 26. The new mochin that are added in Reis Man is raising man their free choice? Raising man is always free, meaning it's a deficiency that the lower one doesn't get from above. He needs to establish it through his actions if you're speaking about spiritual work. So, is this your only free choice to raise man? No, there's more things, but the main thing is the work from the lower ones by trying to establish that man. 
From Women Hebrew 2, when we started studying this part of the study of the tense, Filotrov said that it's a part that talks really about us. On the other hand, he just said a few moments ago to a friend that we don't belong to these changes. Or not in these changes yet, but it belongs to the lower ones. It's a part that is discussing the shattered vessels that we have to correct. Are we already in the process of correcting the shattered vessels? That's a question. The shattered vessels are vessels that feel themselves that they are below the tabu and even below the palsa in the worlds of biyah. And that they want to rise, they have a deficiency to to raise themselves, to correct themselves. That's not us yet, but we're on the way. In other words, it's about us, but in the future states. Yes. From women, people. There's a paragraph that begins, this is the meaning of the righteous who have no rest, not in this world, not in the next world. And the next world does not mean after after they die, because the dead are free. Can can you explain what is this world, the next world, they're they're passing their their death? Every time, it's more and more difficult to explain it. This world is what we attain right now. The next world is what we are about to attain soon. That's this world and the next world. And the dead are free means a person who brings his will to receive to death, he becomes free. And that's how it is on each and every degree. There is such a state. What else? There are righteous who are rewarded with saying the next world in their life. Yeah. There are a few interpretations for that. There are the righteous that are rewarded for the lights of the next world in their life here in this world. That I don't understand because in order to reach the lights of the next world, we have to reach the next world. That's a degree. We need to think, I don't know. Right now, I can't concentrate. I have something else in my head.
כן. נו. יס. In the Parzufim of Atsilut and Bia, those seven kings, they need to bring all these Parzufim to the complete fulfillment. That's it. What does it mean that only some of them were corrected? What does that mean? How can it even be that only some were uh, rough? Because the, the shattering was in the actual phase four that they thought they could receive in phase four in order to bestow. They couldn't. Now they realized they can receive on the previous three phases, but not on phase four. What? So what kind of correction is this? It's a correction. What they can, they correct. And what they can't, in the meantime, they don't correct. The correction is always gradual. And this is what it's about. Yes, Oren. It's written that the righteous have no rest. Right. Why not? They feel the deficiency. They can't satisfy the deficiency. That's it. That they don't have rest, not in this world or not in the next world. And not in the next world. They feel the deficiency. They constantly feel themselves deficient. What do they want? They want to fill everything. satisfy everything. Yes. So what is rest? They have no rest. I understand, but what is rest? Rest is when everything is seemingly corrected. But also then there's a deficiency, no? No. Then it's as if there are no deficiency whatsoever, uh, ostensibly. So the righteous is one that is in a constant deficiency? Righteous is someone who constantly reveals deficiencies and wants to complement them through all his works. So he's constantly in work. He's constantly revealing deficiencies and corrects them, yes. And he sees it as a good thing. Of course, of course it's good. That's his destiny. It's his work, yes. When we read Rabash article before, every Rabash article, when we read together, I feel that I'm like in an MRI and the results at the end of them show all my flaws to their, all their depth. Then we go to tests. How do I connect all those flaws that the Rabash revealed in me 
to test what should I do with the tests after I saw all the evil and garbage in me? That's what awakens in you, you correct. And what is still not awakened, you continue with your regular routine work. How do I correct? When you see that there are things over which you can raise man and receive over them the strength to correct, then you correct them. What's the question? Uh, Where do you receive it from? From above. Also, when you feel from below that you have a deficiency, that you are revealing the deficiency, it awakens you to raise a prayer. And by that, you receive the strength to correct what you discovered. The revealing of the deficiency is already a great thing. Yes. He's talking about raising man for the good deeds. What does he mean for the good deeds? All kinds of acts of bestowal. What are in the corrections of the seven kings? Because we learn that we need to correct the soul of Adam Rishon, so it's like different corrections, right? It's something else. These are not different corrections. It's a result of lack of corrections in Adam Rishon. All those seven kings belong to the goof of Adam Rishon, the body of Adam Rishon. So it's not from the shattering of the world of Nikudim? Why? Because it comes before the creation of the soul. It doesn't matter. Afterwards, more parts of him come in which you can come and correct what happened even above them. So the corrections are in the worlds and in the souls or only the soul of Adam Rishon? The corrections are in the soul of Adam Rishon, but we correct them by awakening the souls. Thank you. So we are reading from the writings of Bala Sulam, the articles, the essence of the wisdom of Kabbalah. We are in the subtitle, Abstract Names. Let's go. Many believe that all the words and names in the wisdom of Kabbalah are a kind of abstract names, since it deals with godliness and spirituality, which are above time and space where even our imagination has no hold. For this reason, they have decided 
that all that is said about such matters is only abstract names or even more sublime and exalted than abstract names as they are completely and from the outset devoid of imaginary elements. This is not the case. On the contrary, Kabbalah uses only names and appellations that are concrete and real. It is an unbending law for all Kabbalists that anything we do not attain, we do not define by a name and a word. Here you must know that the word attainment, hasaga, means the ultimate degree of understanding. It derives from the phrase, your hand shall attain. That means that before something becomes utterly lucid, as though gripped in one's hand, Kabbalists do not consider it attained, but by other names such as understanding, comprehension, and so on. Yes. Is there a connection between root and branch? Of course. What kind? The branch stems from the root. It's a result from the root. What does it mean that it's a result from the root? There are upper roots that create the results, the offshoots, the branches, like the tree of life. The upper roots, what is it? It's the qualities of the Creator? No, it is is what is connected to the qualities of the Creator. What's the difference between the roots? Coarseness? uh, Um, Qualities, qualities. Which uh, are... Let's say there are 613 qualities altogether. And what's the difference between one and another? What's the difference between root one and root two in those 613? The difference between them is that they operate in different forces, in different states. So how does that become branches? Let's say there's one root and a second root. I don't know what the difference is, but let's say there's one and two. So as a result, there's branch one and branch two? Of course. So there's 613 branches in our world only? Yes. Well, I don't know about only, but there are roots that come from the branches and branches from the branches, etc. Now, there's a disconnection between the corporeal and spiritual world in our perception. Yes. So the Kabbalist is the one that makes the connection between root and branch, because except for him, nobody is in the two worlds together. So what does it mean that he makes the connection? He feels something of the quality of the Creator, and then suddenly, what, in our world, he feels it in the table, like you said? Yes. What does he feel? Let's say there's a wooden table. What does he feel? 
feels that force that operates in the table, that the one who made the table, put in it the desire of the person who wants this thing to exist is present in the table. That's why the table exists. So he feels forces behind objects? Yes. And the forces are part of the person who made them or is it part of the root? Yes, connected to the person who made them and connected to the root. So the Kabbalist wanders the world and constantly sees forces? Usually, yes. There are those who don't have a direct connection to the roots. It's clear that... Uh, but the people who made an object, they made it egoistically. So what forces... It doesn't matter. It seems, it seems to them that it's egoistic. But they nevertheless did them because the upper providence operated in them and they wanted to do it. So our world is organized according to our reflection according to the will of the upper one. But it changes, or at least in our eyes it seems that it changes. That's a result of what? Of a spiritual advancement? That Spiritual advancement. That the connections become constantly more connected between all the branches and this is how the world approaches correction into one world one system yes Kabbalists our sages from their connection between root and branch what they felt they determined all kinds of actions that a person should do that maybe because of those actions he'll find a connection some way between root and branch let's say for instance Shabbat Tfilin all kinds of things like that Is there anything in that if we do those actions in corporeality, can it somehow connect the root and branch? Yes. So why don't we learn about that? First of all, we don't know because to know this you have to rise to the roots. And these are very high roots. And number two, we still haven't reached it. Will we reach it? Are we on the way to it? We have to reach it, everyone. And then we'll also do it in externality? If need be, yes. 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 In our work, we try to disconnect from the branch in order to attain the root. We don't work with the branches. We try and work on connection of the ten 
and through there attain, it's, we disconnect from the ranches. What's the question? The question is, is there a need to work through the branch and reach the root? It's not work that we do. Should we go deeper in the branches that we live in? If we attain the root, then we know everything about its branches and how to correct it so that all the branches will be corrected. If we go deeper in the root, do we have a need to go deep in the branch? No. Then we can correct all its roots. So the branch is only a trigger to rise. Yes. We don't have to engage in it beyond that. Mm, Let's say we don't. Yes, Gilad. When we work between us, we work on the connection. Yes. What forces should we search in, in that connection that resembles something called attainment? I think that in the connection between us, we discover, we sort the incorporation that there is between us, and then out of that, it'll be clearer to us the nature of each and every element of each one. This is what I think. In this incorporation, let's say we look at the ten, it constantly changes. It's something very dynamic that has a different life. Yes. It's a mutual influence on each other. Yeah, it's like it's always living. And he's speaking about a final degree of understanding. What does it mean to reach the end of something? How can something have an end? I still don't know what to answer to this. So what should we aspire for in the connection between us that will bring to attainment? The closer we are to each other, the the higher roots, our roots, will be able to attain until we get to the top root. Okay. Ashkelon too. Yeah, flow. Told Doctor Vlad, if I understood correctly, we don't have to attain the spiritual root of medicine because it's not needed for correction. So my question is, what spiritual root do we have to attain in order to reach correction? We have to attain the roots where we connect together. Together. And that's it. Women, 